Star Contest every year. I mean, Candace, uh, well, Kevin Aviance was the last Miss Boy Barbara. Candace was really the last one. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like when it started to filter out. But yeah, it when was did on, it leave? So it was on 17 St. Mark's. I used to live upstairs from it. It was wow. on St. Mark's Street between um, uh, St. Mark's and 2nd and 3rd. And so I would say probably like late 90s. Okay. It ended. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to New York till 2006. Oh, Paco, you know better. Till 2006. Two, oh, well, I came, I came to New York in like uh, uh, 97, 96 okay. on a trip because I was an honor society. Where like, did you from? Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. So I came on a trip and I did not know what to, I didn't understand it because I was a kid from Worcester, Mass. Right. And then I come to Times Square what is this? And I'm a Broadway kid. I'm a dancer. Right, right. So, and I love shows and all that stuff. And then I finally got here throughout the two, early 2000s, but then 2006, I didn't move till, till, till then because I was performing. So yeah. I didn't see why should I get an apartment. Right, exactly. That wasn't, that was my reasoning. And you caught the tail. I mean, I mean. Yeah, there was still stuff still open. Still but a little bit of stuff, but like for me, I felt like in New York being a born and raised Manhattan, I, I felt like, New York kind of ended for me in like 97. I started starting to see the whole demise of like, you know, one gentrification and just the edge of New York leaving where, mm -hmm. you know, you couldn't afford to be uh, an artist and live in New York, you know, right. which New York always embodied, bringing people from all over the it world. Did. You know, you could come here. I was a trained dancer myself. So mm -hmm. you could come here, be a dancer, be an artist and afford to live here and add to the backdrop that was New York, you know. And when I started seeing that switching over and baby strollers and middle America and suburbia throw up coming in and taking over New York. I was like, oh, something's unkosher here. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. But then, of course, you know, we saw where Giuliani took it, where it's like Disneyland on crack, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah, it's a weird thing, too, because like there were very unsafe parts of this place. Which made it amazing. Yeah. But also, too, when you have designated areas for right. people to do things, it contains the situation. It does. When you yeah. take it away from it, it makes it a lot more degenerate and you find it running amok Did and you... going into every other place where it n normally wouldn't be. And that's... That's it. Yeah, you could yeah. go to Times Squares and you could get your seediness on and then you could go to other parts in the East Village or the West Village to have those moments. They don't exist any longer. Right. It's so cleaned up and it's just like... It's like completely... A dory, yeah. a gray of what it used to be. Even up here, like even in like... I used to live on 147th in St. Nick and I got in there when it just started to flip. Yeah. So they put like brand new condos, a Pathmark... Um, Starbucks. Once you put a Starbucks in, yeah, it starts to like go. Yeah. And so, although it cleaned up the neighborhood, it was it got so expensive. Yeah, like so crazy. There's yeah. no way. That's mm -hmm. why people live with five people. Because when I first rented the apartment, it was only it was this a is four, where uh, Washington Heights on 147th oh, Street in okay. St. Nick. Yeah, right off the ABCD. Great stop. Great location. I think when they rented the apartment, four bedrooms for like 900 bucks a month. And then what I got up this? to uh, that was. That was the late nineties, right. early two thousands when they the the people that I know my yeah, friends that was moved in originally. Well before it started to flip yeah. over, yeah. And oh well, they were in the building with crackheads and no one cared and it was just Which was amazing. And then all of a sudden, it started, <laughs> yeah, right, it started to flip over and you know now it's twenty five hundred three thousand a month for two. Which is, which is not so bad. But it's funny to say that from what it used to be. Right. You know that it's like you have to have this whole new mindset of how you, you have to flip the coin and. 
afford to live, you know, for kids right. who don't have it like that, you know, and even want to start off and do that. Now they have to live out in East Bumblefuck and hope and pray that their dream can happen by commuting back and forth. Oh my gosh. And that's not promised to them. Yeah, or live with five people in one place. It's crazy. It oh, crazy. so let's introduce. So it's recording. Yeah. So oh, hey. that's okay. I love it. Uh, I usually I have my you gi- and I got the gift of gab. Yeah, that's I do. It's my mother. I'm Polish and Italian. Hello, and all Italian stuff. and Jewish. I Hello. will literally not shut up. So um, uh, totally introduce. I let my guests introduce themselves and sure. give a little uh, background. Go for it. I am Lena Bradford, otherwise known as DJ Lena. I'm born and raised in Manhattan. Um, I was a trained dancer for 10 and a half years, and um, I started acting and modeling, and then started DJing in 97 as a dare, and what, 27, 28 years now later, here we are, and it's just... As a dare, too. As a dare. It's so crazy. Well, how did you know how to do it, though? Um, Well, I went into the studio um, a week after the dare. Um, My birthday was coming up, and they had dared me to spend on my birthday in April. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was... um, I think what a holiday weekend that was happening really far. Like I think it's uh, the bunny. Easter bunny. East, thank you. I think we're on Easter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, holidays like, what? in me. I'm like, what? <laughs> Easter. I was making the bunny sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I went up into the studio with a mutual friend of mine who was a DJ, and uh, just to get familiarized with the equipment. And you know, because if you look at it, it's very overwhelming. Uh, especially back in the day. I mean, well, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I got a chance to like, you know, touch and feel it. But I always say that the, the most important thing about, well, anything you need to do is just knowing the inside and the outside of it. So music to me, obviously, from being a dancer, was just instilled in me. So it was more about me knowing what type of music it was that I wanted to like start spinning with. So I wasn't scared about that. I was just kind of overwhelmed with all these knobs and buttons, yeah. you know? So it, I got familiarized with it. And so when my birthday came up and I actually spun about, spun, they was in all the magazines and I was just like, talk about fucking pressure. But I'm like, okay, I, t- I took the Pepsi challenge. Yeah. We're doing this. Oh, that Pepsi challenge. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you used to also drink and maybe find something uh-huh, Yeah, 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 yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. I, I, t- I, I yeah, yeah. That between that and uh, bazooka gum, and I'm not even like I'm, that's like the 1950s. But you could yeah, save the thingies, totally. and then eventually get Had like some plastic yeah, exactly. prize or whatever. Um, oh, those little treats. So in terms, so so this so this season, this season will be all about pop culture, and in terms of like how you basically have seen pop culture and what you do, because I know. So for those of you that are listening, children, because this is like a youth podcast. Um, I'm obsessed with anything before 2000, right? So, like, because Just to me, really good. well, because it was really good and the, real and real, and like the music and clubs were so fashion, good. everything. Yeah. It was just like I don't I, the beats and the way they drip, drip. We all, me and my husband always talk about this, and my my friend Steve was obsessed, and and like even when I mentioned Robin, the mm-hmm. singer Robin, most people are like who, and I was like dancing on my own, but they don't realize like all that kind of like like. Uh, all those people are like what really drove a lot of things like even before that. So I'm obsessed with anything below the 2000s because I'm a 90s kid essentially. Yeah. You know, I I was born in 81 but I'm a 90s kid. Yeah. Um, And that's all I heard in going, when I finally could go to a club legally, 18 in Massachusetts, 19 some places, I don't know why. Um, The music was just like, I don't know, I'm a dancer too. Like I grew up Started dancing at eight years old. By the way, you lived across the street from Carnegie Deli? No, Car- Carnegie I'm Hall. I'm Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. Where? 
Uh, 58th and 7th. My grandmother was an opera singer, so that's where we lived there, yeah. Naturally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What was that like? Because well, that's a little... Uh, it was fantastic. Because I that mean, area has been pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, it's always been gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. then, of course, you know, you go a couple blocks, you go uh, west or... Well, not, not so much uh, east, because then you would have all of the big stores and right. whatnot. But if you went, you know, over to... Uh, past 54 you'd be in Hell's Kitchen it was a whole different story over there but yeah it's like it's funny how like in your perimeter like you literally had different worlds especially in you know Midtown Uptown you Mm -hmm. know so it it was exciting I mean Central Park was my backyard I was literally a block away from Central Park and would just go in and play Barbies with my girlfriends ride my bikes and when the lights started to go dim it was time to go inside so you so you lived with your grandmother my mother and my, my grandmother, mother yeah. and grandmother. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool upbringing. Like. Oh my god, my grandmother is still. She lives um, in Harlem. She's been. How old is she? She's ageless. That's uh, one thing that. She that is. In that means that is great. <laughs> and my I grandmother said to me, "She's like, when you give away her age, she'll, uh, we'll give away anything." And I said, "Well, I've given away everything else, so I've been ageless. So I actually I don't know how old I am. Right. I I know what year I was born, but I stopped acknowledging my birth uh, year. Uh-huh. Uh, b- b- yeah, my birth year um, when I was sixteen. So I don't know how old I am. Huh. Just Candace, and she doesn't even remember either. So that's fine, honey. The two of us, honey, we're like, what? Like, <laughs> Who? Who were we even born on this we planet? We got each other, girl. That's all we need to and know. That's all that matters, really. Yeah, totally. Um, she's and so she's, and, and she's been a part of the S&M contingency since uh, the oh. 70s. Oh. Uh, the Gay Pride Parade. And she's oh, also a, a dominatrix. So she has a female and a male slave. So, yeah, there was no issue My mind coming up and, and coming, <laughs> I, I guess you would say, out. Yeah. Because from the age of four, like I said, I'd been collecting Barbies. And, you know, my family, and being a biracial child growing up and, you know, Jewish and all this stuff, it was literally just like blinking your eyes and drinking a glass of water so natural who's Jewish your mom or your dad both but, oh both yes okay. my mom is um, my, my father's white Irish and Jewish and Italian okay and my mom's British Dutch and Jewish yeah so colonialism it, Italian it, it, seriously <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what that is honey Benetton ad hello <laughs> I mean it's great yeah I mean yeah I think that is so cool. And where did you take dance class then? I was with Garth Fagan. I used to dance with Garth Fagan. Yeah. Can you just tell everybody who that is? Uh, Garth Fagan is a huge choreographer, and uh, we would go to. Uh, well, there was a thing called um, Dance Olympia back in the day, uh-huh. which used to happen at the uh, Grand Hyatt Hotel. And you could go, and it would happen once a year. And um, you could take master classes with Gwen Verdon, Bob Fosse, which mm. I would take classes with them, like every year and it was just phenomenal just the things like you said like before um, social media and before having these devices on our hands you were out there trying to find out great choreographers great fashion designers great music you had to go it was a high you know what I mean to find out and also to speak to your elders and people next to you who knew different that's what it was about and that's what it should still be about Mm -hmm. you know you have to get into the realm of the heart and the beat of how life really works and it's so fabricated with these phones like I love that I came from a time before that mm-hmm. that I can um, know how to um, manipulate and also still keep my edge and my essence of being old school with where I live now in this world mm-hmm. you know where I don't feel like I've lost myself but it's interesting when I see people of my demographic or beforehand who completely fall up into this whole vapidness that is this 
I can't though. This phone situation. I can't surrender I've tried, myself. but I can't it just, do it. No, no. I mean, for work and, and those type of purposes. Yeah, work is one. Yeah. And it's also great to see people that you admire or that you that you don't even know and that you want to get to know right. to see a part of that. But to show you what you're eating and all the stuff, it's like, listen, I get it. if that's your job, fine. But yeah. you also have to live your own life and get your mm-hmm. own life experiences. So if you can create all these amazing things online. And you don't have any social skills because you don't know how to talk to people. How are you going to sell it in a boardroom? Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, you, it's always a, the case of, like, you see the person on Facebook or Instagram. And then you meet them in real life. And, and you're like, like huh. Right. You're like, I, I don't understand. Like, well, because, you know, everything but, was literally handed to a certain demographic. And I don't want to say all, but most, all, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of younger children who are so amazing because like they do do their homework and they do have people outside of their demographic. I never grew up around people my own age and that's why I'm an extension of who I am. Yeah. I'm a whole new, you know, uh, hybrid, if you will. And I think that that's what I kind of was hoping for the new school generation when 2000 started coming in. I was like, oh my God, this new school generation is going to take everything that it is and all the hardships that we had to go through and they're going to catapult it and take it to a whole nother place with all this modern technology. Not the case. No. Like completely Flat. lazy and just like not what. And again, I'm. This is not calling everyone out. Obviously, there's some great people doing wonderful things, and I think that when you hear these things for your viewers and just anyone that you're talking to who's younger and outside of this demographic, you can't take it as it's a dig to you. You have to take it and learn from it, mm-hmm. and you have to realize that one, everything's not about you, but you can make things a part of you and so when you hear people and you also see that it's not coming from uh, a harsh callous place and it's sent with love and light that's what you should have gotten from your parents because guess what darling this is real life yeah so i'm going to give it to you with blessings love and light Mm -hmm. but with some harshness to it because you know that's real life Mm -hmm. you know because things were coddled and handed to you darling that's not real life they're just well and and coddled and handed to you and they don't get hugs you know, they don't get Or a sticker for yeah. showing up and yeah. doing something. That's Baby, it. guess what? That's what real life is all about. That's it. I mean, and nobody's going to tell you that you're doing great all the time, sweetheart. No, and they're not. And I think. And I, if they are, they're doing a disjustice to you. They're doing a disjustice. Oh, like a massive one. I used to teach at a studio in Stanford, Connecticut, run by Jimmy Locust. And though he did not do that, and he worked those kids really, really hard. But then the flip side to it, I went to a private school and I choreographed for them, right? And what night and day? Oh my God! It was I just every every show I ever did there with the older kids specifically. I always had to have a speech. I was like, I don't, I don't need to specifically do this with you, but you get to do it. Yeah, and you are blessed because those budgets were crazy, like thirty thousand a show Hi, for one weekend in these private schools, right? Yeah. Granted, the pain. My, they're paying me and it's lovely and a great experience but just the the moment of like just not getting it yeah. and I was like I go to, was I like that? No, no I wasn't like that no, you were. there's no way I was like that plus my dance teacher was really amazing yeah. coming from a dance background too I know that like the it's discipline all about being stri- yeah the now. discipline helps us like yeah, it does it just does like yeah. and, and, you, and you're thankful for it and then the oh, long run yeah. afterwards at the time you're like fuck man why are they also yelling but, at me yeah but I, but I <laughs> There was also this part of me at the time that was living for it. Yeah. No. Exactly. I know. I know. It drove my mother crazy because my dance teacher was, I love her, but she was 
she was. Because we would go home and we would complain. I'd be like, about, oh my yeah. god! But I'm how so much crazy. are we more enriched because of that experience? It's the only thing I. It's the only thing I know, and it's the yeah. only thing I want to know yeah, because it's the only thing I want to know. I had the most amazing people, and I came to New York. I went. I used to go to BDC when it was on oh, your old neighborhood. Yeah. Fifty growing up, fifty fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was gross in there, but yeah. amazing. Frank oh. Hatchett was still. All those my people god, were still the people who used to do classes know, in there. I know. And steps. And, and I'm not saying the new place is bad. No, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, and I've been there and I've taken class and those people are fabulous. But there was, I don't know, there was just such a dynamic inside of the discipline. It's yeah, the, discipline. the discipline. It's hard getting these, like I teach a lot of youth. Motivated, I talk to a lot of, yeah. specific, specifically queer youth of the podcast, right? Now they're a different species altogether because they are the ones like, I've spoken to like 12 year old activists, trans activists. And I've spoken to kids that I spoke to a, a person who wrote their the sex education curriculum for their high school in while they're in high school. Question for you. We'll flip the script. That's fine. Um, do you find that those particular group of kids that you just mentioned are, obviously they have to do their homework to some extent, but are they diving in deep and getting into their history and, and having relations with um, uh, uh, their legends, their, 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 their predecessors? I would say it's like 50-50, depending on the place I go, go, right? So I went to L.A. actually recently and did a podcast for Models of Pride. All of those kids, yeah, they were telling me stuff. I was like, oh, okay. But then I would go, then I go sometimes to like um, smaller pockets of America, right, with the podcast, and they have no idea. The gacker to me, sweetheart, is that, like we said, we were doing all that field work and touching and feeling and smelling it back in the day without these devices, mm-hmm. that... Like I said, I thought that these kids were going to catapult it and take it to another direction. You guys have all of this in your hand. Could you imagine if we had that back in our hand back in the day? But look at how we did. Where I feel like we surpassed these kids in a lot of ways. Yeah. That you guys actually have the ability to Google and find out what some of this is. But then some of it you can't Google. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't Google life experiences. But oh, what no. you can Google is to find out how and the right people to get it and to find out what it's all about. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's what brought me to you. I know we met in Asbury Park. Yeah. But it did help me that I could go online and like see, that's what I'm saying. see all of it your old videos your and like do my homework and like And thank God for people like myself who put that 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 uh, that, that 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 literature and mm-hmm. that visual out there. Because we have to school our kids. You need to see those people. You need to see a video from 1995. A VHS video. I'm not yeah. even talking about anything fancy. Yeah. You need to be like, oh my god, that's Joey Arias. Or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, uh, Flotilla de Bar- Like, you just... You, they're there in the background somewhere. Or they're on camera. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, you, you need to... Uh, yeah. You just need to see that. Yeah. And these kids, they need to see those things. Because they if do. they don't... Or if, if you... I, and I've noticed this, like, when I have speaking engagements. They are a visual breed of mm. kids i mean yes. we are but in a different ex- extent where i find that you could talk to them blue in the face and give them knowledgement and and tell them about things and they're like Ugh. but until they can actually see it it doesn't exist when you do speaking engagements do you often go to, what do you what do you specific what do you more go to like what are the places you go to do the speaking engagements for well you? when i i mean, i've been a board member and um uh, and global ambassador for hmi and right. also with gmhc so can you explain that a little bit sure yeah. uh gmhc gay men's health crisis and then hmi the harvey milk school so you know and then when i'm going around speaking with kids I'm, I'm speaking to them about the history you know what i mean so when i can show them visuals like when i was in uh vietnam and i was working with the um american embassy there so 
was going and I was speaking, you know, in uh, these huge auditoriums to like, you know, young kids of every dynamic and every age bracket from junior high school all the way to college. And it was just one so amazing because like, you know, they're all the way in Vietnam and you know, you think you have a perception of how Vietnam is because of everything that is. I was blown away. Yeah. Like these kids like literally could put the Western society children to sleep. Mm-hmm. And they think, and you think that, you know, most people want to look up to the Westerners. Honey, these kids were so knowledgeable and they don't have half of the stuff that these kids have. Right. These kids take a lot of stuff that they have for granted in this country. Well, it's just given to us. It is so given to us. And, you know, things should not be so I'm not easy. saying you don't have to work hard, but right, it's, still, right. but it's still, still given to you. Like, yeah. even kids, like, the the fact that kids like have the new iPhone 11 before me as an adult and like yeah but it's but it's just given to them and right. I'm not saying you can't give your kids stuff I just think you have it's, to work for things I just think it's interesting and it is interesting like you said you said so you went to Vietnam and you they're like very knowledgeable because they have less but they yeah. can get it more yeah, yeah. I and go they bring more to the table that's what it is and I, I do work in India for LGBT oh, rights beautiful yeah and I've done <laughs> a few years in a row I work with Prince Mavendra Singo Hill who's the first openly yeah, gay yeah. prince yeah so that experience that's a thing that's why I tell everybody to travel no matter what amen you, you have to get on your own together. backyard even go to the next state I was <clears throat> yeah, like exactly you cannot stay in your own backyard there's other cultures foods and, and adventures that you will never experience down to the littlest things like littlest you thing. even don't realize you're doing like yeah. specifically in India yeah. knowing when you go to Mumbai for example when you yeah. get off an airplane in Mumbai know that you're gonna have to go through four things of security because you're in a third world country right it's had terrorism but it doesn't matter because you get out of there knowing that 10 miles will take you two hours to get yeah, somewhere right. and just let it go and give in to the idea that you're not in your country. Yeah. And I, I really wish, and that's the one thing I set out in my life was to travel anyway. It's like, yeah. that's, I think I told myself this was in sixth grade. I opened my history book and said, I'm going to go to New Zealand. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do all these things. Cause I know, I know that if I do that, I'll be better. I just know. And maybe I can do it with dancing. So then I started doing it with dance. And, court, you know, dancing all over, all over the place. So, but I just, you just, you just see and hear it. Parts that speak to you that you, that were inside of you that you didn't even know. Didn't but even know. You're like questioning it. And then when you actually are there, it speaks to you and it gives you the fulfillment that was inside that was kind of like empty. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. What's, what's something that you think you can remember? And I'm talking specifically below 2000, um, pop culture wise that, and I can, the thing is, I know people have an idea of different ideas of pop culture. To me, I think it's something that's cool. Right, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's like the Kardashians always. Mm-hmm. I think it's, but I think it's something like what you've done with performing in just the clubs and like you and Candace doing um, dancing together. Like no one does that. Yeah. I mean, I don't you, think you, anyone you, does you, that. I don't know if anyone you does it. You literally just hit it because what it was like from the late eighties to I mean late seventies, but but mostly like from the late seventies to you know the middle nineties, it was all about that interaction in the club. Club was the pinnacle of everything. Fashion, movies, everything. Dance, everything happened in the club. And everybody commingled in the club. You could be there and you know see these huge movie stars and models and it didn't matter. Everybody was all one. There was no f- photographers every once in a while just documenting but it was nothing like it is today. Yeah. Where you know I remember back in the day like you would be at um, uh, there was this huge party back in the day when the early Roxy called Locomotion and um, uh, uh, Lahoma and um, 
Larry T used to um, host it and um, Larry T used to spin and it was a huge, um, uh, and, oh, sorry, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Lee, ba- uh, Lee, uh, uh, Lee Chapel used to do the party and Larry T used to I was to like, spin. Lee Byer? <laughs> Love her. Um, bless herself. Um, yeah. There was a huge swing in the middle of the dance floor and there were ropes that would, you know, cir- circumference the area that it would swing up into. Mm-hmm. So you would see like Linda Evangelista and like Naomi and Christy on that swing mm-hmm. and, and everybody was just having a great time. Together. Together. Wasn't I mean, like it wasn't like just celebrity no, no, crazy no. And, and, doing and, it together. And, and, you would, and when you see them each week or every other week or whatever, it was like you were all people and you, and you, and you talked and you, you conversed and, and you would see designers and that's how Candace and I started. You know, was designers would come Mugler and Gautier and Dolce Gabbana and uh, uh, um, uh, rest his soul. Um, uh, uh, Sorry, I wish I could. Uh, uh, Alexander McQueen. Oh, McQueen. You know what I mean? Uh, would just come up to us and like start talking, and that's how we ended up doing runway shows. You know what I right. mean? And, and and movies and stuff. All that all happened because of club culture. So that they came, they saw, they took, and like. The... And you know, it was the same thing with Madonna when she yeah. got that's into true. the whole voguing thing. She came to Sound Factory. She met my people, and boom. That you know what it. I mean? That's how it happened. That's how. So I guess. If you would say pop culture, that I guess was our pop culture. Yeah, but we didn't realize it because we were living it and doing it. Right, and I think I think that's what pop culture is. If you're just doing it, it, it and shouldn't not be forcing a big, it. Exactly, like, it was effortless and yeah. organic. That's the problem with it. anything that's. that's it, I feel like it's um, uh, overdone or um, put in your face yeah. is not really giving you the message. Just because the Kardashians are on twenty four seven on E doesn't make them. Anything else but what you are missing in your life. Correct. So if you're missing something and that's feeding what it is, then guess what? You need to get out of your backyard and you need to travel. You need to see that this is only one little small margin of what you think life is all about. So if you're going to live right. and put all of your emphasis into what you think that their life is turning, they're just giving you a portrayal of what their life is. And I'm not taking away from anybody's grind or anything. Of course. I'm just saying that's not real life. It's not your life. Right. It's also fantasy, darling, because it's on TV. So it's fabricated to umpteen odd degrees. I mean, it's all put in its place too. Honey. It's all you know, stage. And it, it's I, a machine. It's too. Um, yeah, it's fabricated. I love that word for that. That's all. Most of it is. It's like, I I love stupid things. We all love stupid 100%. things to take our mind but to away. To live in that twenty four seven, you think God. that that's it? I can't. To think that your life is not like a housewife episode. Come on, babe. Hop on the clue train and buy a vowel. That's not real life. That's not. That is not real life. You said something. I, uh, doing my homework, I watch Hey Queen anyways, but then I realized you two were on Hey Queen. Mm-hmm. You said something that was so cool, and I didn't even think of it this way. You said, if someone stole my purse or my bag, I couldn't even make them no. out because New York City specifically is so colorless. It's, like, it doesn't... But that's also it's, what it's black life and white. has become. And also, I'm sorry, I don't think that... The underground, well, there's no such thing as the underground scene into oh, what it used to be right. anymore. You got to really, really dive, dive deep down, like for, for 718 sessions. That's the only type of underground you're going to, but when the underground used to be the underground, baby. Can you explain what the 718 718s with Danny Krevet, who is a legendary DJ. They have it once a month. It just happens. It was usually on holiday weekends. It just happened this past Sunday. Um, is literally church. When it used to happen at um, a shelter. Uh, down uh, in uh, the financial district. Um, so there's no more underground. And when you would go to see a performance art show, uh, a drag show, if you will, you would see these girls, one, performing the fuck out of a number that you never heard of before. Mm. Children used to do their research to the most obscure stuff. I'm sorry. 
one, Dragon the Underground should not be fucking, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, mainstream. Yeah. It should not, and you should also, when I said that comment, you should not be able to look at every drag performer and and not be able to decipher the one from the next. That is They're the all ultimate truth. adding the same, oh and, which one none of the queens used to do. Love. They all have the same highlighted makeup, structured lines and all this carrying on, and they're all performing pop music. What is that? It's interesting. That's not real. You that's not performance them, art. Right? You not... drag queens were fucking there to fucking send messages and to fucking show you the edge and real hardcore of life. I can't even tell you the last time I saw a show, baby. Probably the 90s. I'm not missing anything these days. Because no. I'm sorry, I don't want to see some girl performing Britney, whatever her name is, or Katie, or any of these stupid children. I'm sorry I say that because when you look at the uh, art of artists out there, I'm sorry, darling. It doesn't stop with just one margin of music. Mm-mm. Do your homework, kids. But they think... That's the problem because that's the social media part of it right there. It's and like, how many times can you see somebody do right. that number and trying to outdo each other and then all of a sudden, because I'm not getting enough attention, I've got to do a death drop and a, and a split. That's not a real performer. Mm-mm. You do that to, because you're trying to search for attention to try to get an applause. But the sad thing is, is that people are so overwhelmed that, okay, this whole performance sucks. But, oh my God, she just did a death drop and a split. She's amazing. What? not it's so no, boring it's so it's just it's boring that's not performing to me it's not well you know the, uh so uh head of lettuce was on i was we were in fire island like a few years ago and this is the greatest thing i've ever seen in my entire life she is she she can stand on stage oh, she's amazing like with her arms crossed in a microphone <clears throat> and she will let the entire audience dictate how this is gonna go down because some people obviously get drunk and get stupid and she will go with that entire through line and she was like, okay, I'll sing a song. The only way I'm going to sing a song is if you tip me, right? So they're like, okay, we'll tip you. She would not sing a song. She took, I think she made a few hundreds of dollars within less than five minutes. And then she sang a song. But she was being funny with her environment and her understanding yeah, of like, what she's what dealing with. And, and because she came from there. That, yeah. And because she came from that time, you yeah. know what I mean? She knows how she's to manipulate the situation. Right. Exactly. You know, because again, these kids can learn. Yeah. You know, and just and also too, you shouldn't feel like you are delegated or validated by numbers on social media. What is that? I know. These people don't know you from a can of paint, and they'll be the first ones to knock you down on if they if you say something that they don't Boom, like. Boom! Right down. They don't care. They will literally like not so stand behind you. Don't put your eggs in all in one basket and think that these people have anything to do with who you are. Mm-hmm. But also too, at the same time, you should know who you are first, because then. It's not going to touch you. Because if you're not sitting on the toilet and shitting and paying my bills, how can I be bothered with your mascara? That's all it is. That's all it is. When you go off and do uh, a lot of your DJing gigs, what uh, what's something you like experience through that? Because it's, it's, is it different venues, right? Different settings. Oh, it's not always a gay club, right? No, never. No, so it's like all just up and down. Yeah, Skittles taste the rainbow. Yeah, I can't yeah. have it be one way. No, you can't. Of course not. Is it? Di- it's you. I, I, it's probably different over in Europe versus here new york is changing and and, and and it's sad to me because like you know especially after you know when i was on fire island for 10 years like right. I, I i really i transformed that whole place and i never would have expected it from starting from one gig you know when i started in 2005 and then to see what i created and then you know making four successful nights with 
different music, different visuals, everything. That's a lot. That's... For 10 years, it's, 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 it's unfoundable to me when I look back at it, you know? That's it really a lot, is. really. And different it was a lot. And different music, too. And different music. Because it's like... You know, but that's, that, that's when you've got that, that, that art and that, mm-hmm. that fight in you, you know what, what I mean? What venue? Um, I, I started off on the, the side where uh, Low T was. I started there. Um, and th- when the original pavilion was there, um, there was never a high T before. In the Pines, yeah. In the Pines. So yeah. there was um, only ever a cassette player playing. So they wanted to have a DJ in on the upstairs area before oh, okay. the original area burnt, burnt down. So I started doing Lena's. It was called Lena's Lounge at the time. So I started doing that. It became so popular. And then it was like a fucking line down the boardwalk. So then I started doing Low T. From five to seven, and then running upstairs, and then doing Lena's Lounge from seven to uh, uh, like ten, ten ish. And then it got so big from there, I then started doing Late Night Pavilion. So I was doing all three in one night. So I did that for two years on that side. Then I moved my party over to Sip and Twirl, and I started Twirlina. And then I started doing Thursdays, um, Rewind Thursday, which was my 80s party. Then Friday was Lena's Lounge. Then Saturday was Go Big or Go Home when the music was bigger. And then Sunday was my TBS uh, Throw Black Sunday disco party. You did that for 10 years? I did that for 10 years. Do you stay there in the summer? I lived there for uh, t- t- 10, 10 months out of the year. from oh. April, Seven months out of the year. From I would open my house on April Fool's Day. And I would be there until um, second week of October. And then I would go and spend the rest of the month with Candace and... LA and then I would fly back to London and I was living in London in the winter so I would be there in London from November 1st to uh, like end of March and then literally start the whole gerbil thing all over again Wow! for 10 years that was my life I love Fire Island so it's one of my favorite places it was special back then it really was so what I was saying is that when I was there social media started you know Mm. everything started so one when I started there I was coming into a whole new demographic of kids and also people who knew me from another life from when I used to act or when I would host parties and then I would DJ but then I also before I started out there I was um, spinning a lot in Europe and then also when I would be in New York was a lot of straight places so I was coming into a whole new demographic of faggotry if you will when I started out in the Pines so then when I left the Pines and I was like, you know, it's just time for me to leave. I've always had this alarm clock when it's time for me to go to the next place in my life. I was like, I've got to go. I've, I've got stuff to do. And I could easily stay there to the day's end and continue to have this great life. But I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to end my life. And so when I did, I literally, in the last five years that I've left that place, just to one, see what I've done for myself in the last five years, reminded me of that, 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 that fight that I have in myself, that I had on the island, but... Being on the island also is very coddled in a sense, yeah. you know? So uh, to, to, to restart and also start to a whole new demographic of people and also social media has literally been like a whole new rejuvenation of myself, which I love, you know? So, and then also then now giving the West Coast the love, which is something I never did before. I would always go in, do what I had to do and leave because it just never spoke to me. But, so you're living there. Well, do, yeah. how many months out of the year do you say? So I'm here for two weeks out of the month in New York and then the rest of the time I'm in LA. I just went there for the first time. I've never yeah. been to LA. Yeah. Yeah, I brought the podcast there. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And, the last five years, I've, I've seen this renaissance. I get why people live there. It's, it's, it, it, it's changed a lot. Yeah. It, it, the last five years, I think that helped going to stay with my sister Candace and you know having it speak to me then 
made me feel like, okay, you know what? I could live here. And I mean, you know, I get it. I get it. And then also, you know, I knew that, you know, when I was leaving the island, I wanted to go into different areas and that I knew I'd put on pause before I had gone to the island. And that's exactly what it's given to me. Yeah, I still spin and I do things there, but it was mostly, you know, breaking into other areas that I put on pause and that I've started to get into. And now, boom, it's insane. Yeah, and that's the good things about social media. Those are the good things yes. about social media. If you know media. how to manipulate if it correctly. If you use it as a business yes. and you manipulate it correctly mm-hmm. and you're not, that's not the only thing you're doing. Right. I'm not living to wake up in the morning and let you know what I'm doing. Yeah. You just like navigate it in such a way yeah. and, and, and like, you know, and have your moments if you need your moments. Yeah. But then like the go away and that's, that's, right. that's it. Yeah, I did. I did California. I really, I, I really, I, San Diego I fell in oh, love with. San Diego is beautiful. I just don't get, that place is magical to me. I don't know what I it like is. It too. Oh God, it's so great! It's so cute, right? Uh, it is. When um, one thing I'm always curious about because I I, I like to talk to. You. I have to t- first let me pause. I have to tell you a fantasy of mine, okay? Sure. A really cool fantasy. This is what I would see as the most amazing panel of discussions <laughs> at the 92nd Street Y. I don't know why I picked that. Ooh, the 92nd good Street Y. I know, because I always have those discussions there, right? Yeah. yeah I saw Carol Burnett there or oh. Rose O'Donnell. So it would be you and Candace. Flotilla, Head of Lettuce, Joey Arias, just keep going in the list. Just put a ten, 10 people up there. I would host it, and we'd literally have a discussion inside of basically what we're talking about. And just the then and the now. What's your sign? Libra. Of course, Aries. I literally have been correlating this with the girls. Uh-huh. I want to, and that is honestly been the hugest thing that I have been wanting to put together. A panel of all of the old school dolls who are still continuing to well, serve. Working. They're working. No, they're and working. And also the ones that kids don't know about that they need right. to know about. Right. You know what I mean? It is going to happen, darling. And mm-hmm. now that we're having this conversation, okay. we have to have you be it's a part there. of it. Oh, yes. You please. I would just like... Seriously. It is literally my like... It needs to happen. It needs to be like a master class con- at the same time. That's you know that's what, I mean? what it is. And like that's what that's where I would want to lead the discussion yeah, 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 because yeah. it's it's not about... It's just literally... It's just telling people... And then continue. And also looking at so that they can see this art that is so different from what, quote unquote, they're seeing today. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, look at fucking, Sherry and fucking um, Joey are still fucking turning it and, I mean, giving it. Like, and Jackie. Both I mean, coasts, too. They're it. like bouncing back and forth. And all over the world. You all know over I mean? it. I'm so proud of my sisters. You know, I just had a great conversation with Formica the other day. I mean, these kids need to know. Yeah. They, they really need to know. It needs to... Okay, so it needs to happen. Yeah. So, okay. And also, too, like, obviously, I want to incorporate videos behind us or whatever. We're going to have a moment because That's I've it. got all those videos. Show oh. these kids, like, really do... I think that that location is perfect. Right? It's a, it has a balcony in the floor. We're going to make this happen, okay. honey. We're going to make this all right. happen. Perfect. Because it's just... This is something I've always done in my life, but because I'm getting older and, like, I see some of it fading away, I can't. You can't. I can't have that, and it really bothers me. Well, because, you know what, darling? Because before us, there were people like us having these conversations, and that's why we have those monumental moments that we can look back. But if they weren't having that and they weren't doing that, we wouldn't have it. And guess what? You'd have a bunch of numbskulls growing up not knowing about history. And you also, in New Jersey, did you know that they just passed the LGBTQ curriculum to teach in schools? Fifth through twelfth grade, 
all subjects. Work. So, for example, it would be like a, a math problem would have like um, a dad and a dad or a mom and a mom I'm who, I'm, or whomever solving the math problem. So you just incorporate things like that into the language so people just know that we all live together. Exactly. And then also you could see people going <clears throat> into the school mm-hmm. and having moments where they talk to kids. Yeah, so they passed it. They're going to pilot it for a year in 10 schools to see all the, you know, work out the kinks. And then I had a hand in writing that and I was hey, like... Congratulations. Yeah. It's, it's just because it's so important. It's, it's, it's beyond, and not just for the community, for other communities That's as well. That's it. Because we get to learn about your stuff. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn about our stuff, darling. And that, you know what? Just because things look different, sometimes you just flip the coin. It's the same kind of situation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. At the end of the day, you cut me, I bleed. That's all. That's, That's really it. all it is. That's it's all it is. Like, it's like how there's different ethnicities and there's different foods and there's different cultures. That's what it is. That's this all it is. Like what we're doing right now, right? I've had so many discussions like this, not just in queer, the queer community or anything, just in general. When I go to India, I just don't talk about queer stuff. I learn about where you're from or like I go to someone's farmhouse and I look at how they live or like what seems different to me or what seem, might seem poor to me isn't to them. Yeah. You, so you just have to like really understand because people actually came at me about going to India and I was like, did you go there? How so? Well, they're like, oh, it's disgusting. How could you go there? It's well, you really also have to look at that person. People. Right. And are, I was, you not, are you really not living life to be thinking that you can really kind of put down a whole culture? A whole culture? I was like, I always say, have you gone? They're like, no. I go, okay, then we'll have a discussion when I get back. That's like judging every because Trump is the the, 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 the Cheeto is our president. One hundred percent, exactly. Come on. Now he doesn't speak for everybody. He, so whatever no, your experience <laughs> was for that moment, you have to keep it for just that little small mm-hmm. margin that doesn't represent the whole beautiful, amazing culture. All all of the cultures, like going over to the UK, because my husband and I do like to travel sometimes for fun too, not just for work. Yeah. And just just even in like uh, Austria, when we've been to Austria. Have you been to Austria? No, no. Okay, Salzburg is. Probably yeah. the most beautiful place I've ever been. Yeah, it's like it's a storybook, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone is so cool. Yeah, they're so cool. Well, Europe's the vibe's a little different anyways yeah, when, like, as yeah. far as the come. Yeah. I don't know why it is. It's just maybe yeah. they've been around longer. Well, hello. They're older yeah. than us. They're they older than so us. so many more amazing right. experiences. Right. And they, they're doing, I mean, there are some crazy things happening there. But they're having like Ireland's flipping things mm-hmm. and married. Gay people can get married now. Yeah. Like they're all really cool things. I don't know. You just, you just have to get in there. I, the judgment only comes from people that... Oftentimes, I mean, they don't want to know. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's where it comes from. And yeah. a lot of it's through my family sometimes. Right, but, yeah, okay. um What's the rest of your family? Are they they're all over? Here, and uh, my mom, uh, who's also been DJing for the last 10 years. Your mom DJs yes, too? Why yes, did yes. I know that part? Yes, yes. She goes as Lady D. Her name's Darlene. Oh, oh yes. She, um, she lives upstate New York. Um, okay. So, um between here and upstate and a lot of relatives that actually live in LA okay um and um some in Atlanta I have family all over yeah but mine are all Massachusetts, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> they are well I have I, my mom talks to people in Poland for, yeah yeah and, and I mean some in Europe as well yeah but like really like my the, main the cords in, in, the in cords, New York yeah Massachusetts yeah. one in Rhode Island I'm the only one that ever traveled and like did I don't know. That's so crazy. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, but your mom DJs. That's so yeah. cool. Well, her um uh, uh, now deceased husband uh, at the time he um was a construction worker, but he also had a um a DJ business on the side, and they needed a female DJ for a um uh, a bachelorette party. So he schooled her for it, and then that was it. Boom. So then when he passed on, she took over the company, and now she travels all over the United States. <laughs> 
Love that. I'm gonna go to Roch- I'm gonna go upstate. I'm gonna go to Rochester. Oh my god, I have relatives in Rochester. Okay, yeah. That's it's so we're gonna go when it's cold. We're gonna go on a uh, the Golden Gays are gonna go on a cruise for two weeks. You said Golden Gays? The Golden Gays NYC. Oh my god, so cute. It's a Golden Girls musical parody. That's my husband's B. Arthur impersonator. Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> oh, I gotta see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Sherry and those guys are doing the Golden Girls right now. Yeah, it's yeah, they so do. Fun. So, um, and it's they're uh, so my husband and Sherry work together in the um, Christmas with the Crawfords with Joey. Oh my god! Yeah, I did you see that. it? Uh, I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if I've seen. He How played... long ago was this? Uh, 2013. Boom. I did see. I did yeah, see. He was, um, That's where I think where I first met. Portia was in it uh, back in the day. She wasn't a back because they did it. They had done it a bunch. Yeah. That's how I met Flotilla. Oh. That's okay. when Flotilla did it. That's Joey, Flotilla, Sherry. Joey, yeah. Yeah. And that's how, um, which to me, I was like, this is like everything because they're all up there yeah, at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Vodka Stinger. I don't know if you did. I don't know that person. She's, um, so she was in it too. And that's how I met all of them. And, um. I love that name. Yeah. Vodka she's Stinger. Great. Yeah, yeah. She's great. <laughs> she sounds like a broad. She's totally. She's that's what she is. She played Ethel yeah, yeah. Merman in the Oh, well, there you go. Come on. The name says it all. Uh, Jason played, um, uh, what? The Sunset Boulevard. What's her name? Oh, yeah. Norma, Norma Desmond. She, he played Norma Desmond. See how we could just roll off of knowing these references? Yeah. These kids don't... I know. How could you not? Just, like, bust them out and, like, just say all these, like... Yeah, you, I didn't even have to explain who no, I was talking about. No, you know, every per- You know everybody I was basically talking about. Even if you didn't, it didn't matter because they know the person that you know. It's, like, all this, like, connected. It's, yeah. Uh, that's the real network, honey. That's it. But that's how you that's actually... That's real social network. That's how you honey. actually keep working. Hello. That's exactly. really how you keep working. Amen, brother. Yeah, yeah. Amen. You... And I, and I even noticed that. I think I had this discussion with Jason the other day. I go, I... No, when I'm trying to get a gig. Sometimes you do have to go through an email or a connection or whatever, like you have to, but I know for a fact, if I actually sit down with that person, I will get the job. Oh, 100%, because we're people persons. That's it. You could, you, could, you could put on whatever type of facade and fool me online, darling, but you can't fool me in person, darling. And the essence of That's a person it. in your face, darling, is everything. Everything. And you, could, you know what? You can also decide that, you know what? I don't want this. Right. I'm going to pull back. Yeah. Or I'm not going to pull back and I'm going to give you everything, but I'm not going to do it because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It's got to be that that, 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 that thing's just got to be there. You know what I mean? It has to be this discussion. 100%. It's got to be this vibe, that feeling. It's the only way you can. I I, I'm convinced it's the only I, way you can I don't want to live work. if I'm not doing this. No. And, and there's been moments and times where I felt something was off when my team has come to me about something. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry because I'm a people person and I'm very spiritual that way. That's fine. I know, I know, and I've said, and I've said no, and I've dodged a bullet every time. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've got that feeling when I know when it's time for me to go and do something. There was a reason why I was there on that island. The gifts that I got and that I gave was everything. Right. The relationships that I made were everything, and some of the most dearest people to me in my life that are still and why do people still after five years still have me into the equation and talk about me being there because of the presence and the essence and the love and the light that I brought that does not exist anymore unfortunately I know, I know. but that, <clears throat> that, that, that's something it is so if you don't live by that and you're not giving that all out all the time you're not living at least I don't feel like I'm living I can't me either I don't feel else, yeah so. I can't either at least I don't feel like I'm not living because yeah. I, I can't actually do Your skin it skin is beautiful oh thank nose. you I can't my daddy Thank you. Uh, 
I can't actually do it. Yeah. I can't function. Yeah, me too. I've tried it's to. It's like dialing it in. I've tried to. Yeah. You know, we all try to. you always say, why did why I do this? Why am I doing yeah, that? Yeah, this yeah. is like, not worth it. Yeah, I yeah. should have just said no. Yeah. I've gotten way better at it. Yeah. In my, like later well, that's years. the great yeah. thing about maturity is that you learn from those experiences not to beat yourself over the head. And young viewers, hear this. Don't ever beat yourself over the head if something you feel doesn't go your way or is going the way you want it to go. It's okay. It's supposed to be that way because you have to be able to go back and kind of reassess to be like, you know what? I know what I can do to make this a little bit different. I don't want to say better because I don't like to give good or bad situations. For me, I look at it. It's all good. It all needs to happen. We're onions. We need to have those layers. I like that. That's the greatest, greatest advice you could ever, or or something you could tell them that all needs to happen. Yeah. Even if you hate it, even if you cry about it and get sad and like angry and you stop speaking. It's cathartic. But the one thing you always have to remember to do, and I always tell everybody, is like clear it up with the situation for yourself. It doesn't matter how that other person is. That's right. They're going to be, that's their own business. That's right. Just clear it up and move on and... I recently came into a situation like this and it was just my time. I just knew and I yeah. had to like walk away from it. And that person actually, who I actually love and like we're still friends, but they like hate, started to resent me and like hate me. And, but I did it. It was only the business side. It wasn't even our friendship. It was just the business side. I was like, I have to cut myself off from this particular moment because I think I'm done. Yeah. I can't handle the And that's okay dichotomy. too. Yeah. And it's hard for people to hear. I it get it. Sometimes. I get it. Yes. Um, so he took his time, and now he come back, and he finally cleared it up with me, and we're fine. That's beautiful. Okay. I always say that sometimes not everybody's in your life for the full duration, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You just, again, send them blessings, love, and light, and if you see them, hey. But not everybody's supposed to be there, and you just have to remember the beautiful moments that it was that you had and they gave to you and press on. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's supposed to be there. When you were coming up in the 90s and doing the stuff with Candace, right, can you name one, can you remember one moment where because it's a busy lifestyle you know like you're you're performing you guys are probably always rehearsing and doing all the things you came up with um where uh you you had to do that like you had to navigate yourself to the next thing to get you you two to actually go further can you remember a moment oh god i know sorry that's a deep (laughs) there's a lot um and the the great thing is because i had my sister next to me you know what i mean like we really got to design um and create our own box Mm -hmm. you know because there was no two girls like us at the time you know Uh, matthew and zaldi were like they they were doing the twin thing Mm -hmm. back in the day yes and uh they were amazing you know what i mean and they did all of suzanne barsh's parties back in the day and then we started working with but then they were giving you a different demographic of it, but then Candace and I were, you know, we were coming up with all of the supermodels. So that was kind of our aesthetic, you know what I mean? We were giving you those real life supermodels who were giving you fierce runway and fashion and all this stuff where it was more realistic because of where we would end up coming into our life, you right. know what I mean? So, like I said, we checked our own box. This is, you know, Matthew and Zaldi gave you the fantasy of life and androgyny fiercely. You know what I mean? So we were the first of our two. So every time that we would do something, we were just doing it because we were together. We were dancers and we were just, we were so simpatico with one another. Like as soon as we met, we just knew, oh my God, you were supposed to be in my life. You know, kids, you were supposed to be in my life. We, we just, we could look at each other and not even speak, mm. you know? So when we would have these experiences, we were just lucky and feel, felt blessed that we were doing it together. So... Every experience was like that. Um, I would think that when we started, 
you know, doing stuff overseas and in Europe. It, that's when it was like, oh, shit, girl, this stuff is like really getting big. But we didn't even really think about it. But then the way, I do remember us having a one, when we did the Dolce & Cabana show, we're in Italy. And um, after we had finished doing the show, Can said to me in the hotel, she's like, let's just stay for a little while and have a such a vacation. How often would we know what we'd be able to do? I was like, Honey. and I think that that was the first moment. We stayed a bit longer, but then we had to come back because we were doing uh, uh, Sherry Vine Theater Couture's production of Charlie um, in New York. And I was taking over uh, from, from Michael because she had to get hernia, hernia, hernia surgery. Oh, so I was taking over Sabrina, the part of Sabrina. And so I was learning the lines for that before we started doing this off-Broadway play. But we stayed for like, a, a, I think, a week and a half afterwards. And it was beautiful. Having that time with my sister and just just being, just though. being, not, and not having not work, work yeah, 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 and just experiencing, and also we really grew a lot when we came back, That's and true. then the more we traveled overseas, it just became wow, this is really our our thing, and we started branding ourselves, and then doing movies together and runway shows. I was just it was amazing, and that's really how it all started for the both of us. I love it. That's. That's the way it should. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Because you guys worked your ass we off. We did. We did. And, and nobody got... gave us anything, honey. We well, that's it. it. No, because yes. no one, no one actually does. Even if someone's handed something to them, doesn't matter. You doesn't still matter. Have you to still have to work your honey butt off for it. And you know what? I'll tell to you. Maintain. And and also these kids are so quick to say, "Oh, I was the first blah 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 to do this, darling." Let me tell you something, sweetheart. <laughs> if you got to be the first to say anything, then guess what? Wow. You ain't living your life. And you're know. not living in the moment. Because if at the end of the day, if I were to sit here and to throw down my resume, I could shut all you bitches down. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to say that, and I don't need to do that because guess what? One, I'm not done. Two. I'm still turning myself out every month, every year. I look back at my career. So have many seats in the back row and live. Right. And just live. Right. Just live. Just literally experience what you're supposed to be experiencing. But I know it's very hard for people, and I, and I, and I get it. There's layers of the, the shit that comes up for them. But just live. It is funny when you say that. Like You don't have to actually say anything about your resume or you, if someone asks you a question like in an interview it's one thing but yeah. you don't have to like hand 100%. it to people like, no. like I, I, I mean I'm a very private person and I'm also a very shy person but when I gotta be on I'm just 100 with it okay. but I also don't I'm not the type of person and, and I recently witnessed this in first time like really ever where we were um, in a lobby right before I was about ready to spin this event it was during um uh, New Year's. I was doing two events that night, and I was at the first one. And I was in the lobby, and we were talking. And this one girl who was sitting there taking, the, you know, the tickets and blah blah blah. Um, uh, somebody said, uh, "Oh, the, this guy came in. He's like, oh my God, Lena, I, I saw that you were spinning tonight, and I wanted to come and and represent and give love. I haven't seen you since the island or whatever." And then the girl's like, "She's like, oh, you used to do Fire Island," and everybody just looked at her like. And, and and for me, it's not my job to yeah, tell you this, but yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, well, goddamn, five years was not that long ago, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And right. I also, there's a documentary about the whole thing out right now. Right. So it's so funny that it's like, it's all right there, but just how kids get to be so lazy and not like really open their eyes, unless it's like, you know, boom, boom, boom. And quick. Face and, like, and quick, but that's Snapchat not crap. life. Yeah. That's not life. You no. shouldn't have things be so easy to you, but it's also at the same time. I'm not living in my life, and my legacy's not living under a rock. No. 
And that's, that's, and I found it really funny. It yeah, was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, like, and then somebody's like, like started breaking down. I was like, I'm going to go downstairs and start. You know, I was like, I don't need to hear this. Right. I don't want to hear people giving my accolades to somebody. Right, you right. know what I mean? But I just, I was just like, oh, no. I was like, I used to, you know, I used to spin out there for 10 years. And that was it. Very sweet, you know, whatever. Yeah. And also that, I will say, YouTube's actually great for that because Honey, you I have can a whole find... station. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, so I'll wrap it up a little bit. But if you tell everybody where they can find you, though, because that is important. And I think what you're doing is, like, outstanding. Thank we you, are going to do that panel. Yes, oh, we're so doing I love that we started this conversation Ugh. because... You know, honey, trying to do anything with just one person no, is so no. hard. It's but hard. the good thing is, is that, honey, if I ask these girls to do something, they right. will do it. Right. You know what I mean? But I think that you and I putting this together, and this is a little side, but we're going to make this happen, baby. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We're going to make this happen. Absolutely. I really love that 1, you're on that vibe with me. Yeah. Uh, uh, so where can they find you? Okay, so um, if I'm in New York, I'm here. Um, I usually do um, my sister Christina Viscus Barty, Birdcage, which for me feels like a real New York party. When you go there, you you get the old school dolls falling up in there. The children are doing runway. They're carrying on. And also, the music is very New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and that usually happens on a Sunday. I'm going to be doing that on, excuse me, the 9th. And we're going to be celebrating uh, Fashion Week and also um, Patricia Fields' birthday that night. Um, and then also, I'm doing um, a couple of these Sunday brunches at um, K Rico, um, the owner of um, the Ritz. Um, um, the next couple of Sundays from noon to four in Hell's Kitchen. Um, and then I will be doing my sister, Stacey Holmes' ca- cafeteria um, on the 7th on a Friday. And then in LA, boom, it's everywhere. And then um, I start filming a new TV show that um, I'm now a season regular on, which I cannot tell you That's yet. That's okay. Because it's going to be announced very soon. So, um, I'm really excited about that. That's exciting. So, yes, yes, yes. Are you nervous? No. I'm Good. just, I... Because I, it's like one of those, it's just... It's, it's one of those things part where of when you. I started um, acting back in the day, and I, you know, I, I did like seven movies, I, I didn't want to do them, but back in the day, when you were asked to do something, that's the school we came from, you did them. Right. And, and, but I also knew that when I wanted to start acting, I wanted to have life experiences under me to really draw from. I can look back at those movies and be like, okay, you know, it was great. I look back at it, it was it was sweet. And so that's why I put the huge kibosh on it for so long, and then I concentrated my essence into other things. You better believe I watched you in that Jada Pickens movie. Oh, no! <laughs> it was just on TV the other day. I still, love, I still get residuals for that uh, movie. Hell, you better get residuals for that movie. <laughs> I mean, what a random <laughs> movie. And that was but, in 97 we filmed that. That's and then great. Candace and I filmed another movie that same year um, uh, called Always Something Better. I love We filmed that. it in Miami. We actually stayed at Pat Field's uh, condo when we were shooting down there for... We shot there for four months, yeah. I love that. Um, so um, that that show, and then um, I'm also uh, filming a movie um, in February, and then um, I'm going to be starting season three of In the Dollhouse, which is now moving to a new network. Okay. Which I can't say right now. That's fine. It's really big. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm going to um, be filming half of it in New York and the other half of it in LA. And where are you online? Oh, so um, a, the Lena Bradford on Instagram, and then in the Dollhouse uh, with Lena um, on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. That's for the show. Fantastic! And could you give words of wisdom to the children before we? Oh man, maybe do your homework. Find out what happened before you talk to your living legends. Why we're still here? You should be able to talk to your brothers and sisters outside of your backyard, outside of your demographic. Because if you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. <laughs>